It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. Delighted to have you with us here today. We are presented as always by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at NEDelta.com or DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. Kitty Ray is joining us today, our resident flick chick, but today... Uh, Kitty Ray, we are going to talk about the theater. Oh, I'm excited. We are. Live theater in Concord, New Hampshire. And we saw a terrific uh, two-person play the other night at the Hatbox Theater in Concord called Scene Changes, uh, which will run for one more weekend at the Hatbox. And with us today on this edition of Kale & Company is the writer and producer of Scene Changes, Donald Tung. Donald, we uh, welcome you to Kale & Company. Great to have you with us. Great to be here. Thanks. Well, it's been uh, quite a journey, as I understand it, for uh, the play Scene Changes, one that I understand goes back around 16 years. That's right. So tell us about about the journey. Yeah, well, so... uh... Originally, the uh, first uh, draft was written in 2006, um, a bit of a, just kind of a, you know, just trying to see what I could come up with, and uh, I originally was an actor and director, and I uh, hadn't done much writing, though I had a lot of interest in writing um, as a kid growing up, but uh, had never tried uh, writing a play before, so this is actually my first play I ever wrote, um, and um it's been kind of a, yeah, as you say, a long journey, 16 years since that uh, first draft, and uh, many drafts since then uh, have worked with uh, what they call dramaturge. A dramaturge is someone you kind of a play consultant that uh, you give your play to, and you kind of work back and forth talking about uh, the, the work and kind of reworking things. Um, even I had a, um, I don't know if you know Carol Bagan, uh, in uh, Concord there. Uh, she's very active in the uh, theater community. And she did a uh, program called Page to Stage at the Concord Theater Auditorium. And uh, this play was part of that back in, uh, I'm trying to remember now, 2010, 2011. Uh, so, yeah. That's pretty <laughs> it, cool. It, it has been a while. Yeah. Uh, so, and that was a uh, sort of stage reading of the play. And again, these are all kind of stages of development for plays that you go through, uh, readings and workshops and things like that. Uh, Did you have any uh, particular inspiration for scene changes, anything you experienced in your life in the theater that uh, planted the seed for this script and and show? Yeah, it was uh, kind of a uh, a mismatch of of, uh, casting that kind of uh, intrigued me. You know, we have uh, sort of an older actor and a younger actor kind of being, um, you know, as as the character in the play says, a casting catastrophe. <laughs> casting catastrophe, yes. <laughs> I like that. And, uh, and just sort of uh, the humor that grows out of that, or, you know, possible humorous uh, kind of uh, interchanges that you can have with that. Um, but... Uh, but I also think, you know, I think as you experienced when you came, uh, it's what I call a dramedy, which is, you know, a combination of comedy and, and drama. Uh, so it doesn't, you know, it, 
it goes a little deeper than just a, a typical uh, lark comedy, um, which I think uh, works well. Donald, you uh, were saying that it took 16 years to do this. How do you bring yourself back? I heard you say that you've attended you attended some of the special classes, training for that, but for, uh, I've never written anything like that. And how do you bring yourself back to that character? Or, or uh, I mean, I know you do other things, so you're acting in the meantime and doing mm-hmm. other things. Is it, How hard is it to go back and revisit this one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's an excellent question. Um, I think you definitely have to put it away for a while. Um, so you can come back to it with fresh eyes, right? Um, because I think you know, as you as you work on something, you kind of uh, get too close to it and can't really uh, you know see what issues or things that need to be uh, worked and fixed. Uh, so yeah, it is kind of a uh, putting it away for a while and then uh, coming back and uh, pulling it out of the drawer and right. uh, and kind of rereading it and. Uh, and then you have these, oh, my God, what was I thinking moments? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have those every day, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then you can kind of, you know, uh, have a better uh, better perspective in uh, trying to rework the material. Do you um, feel, though, that if you go back and have those, oh, my gosh, why did I do this? It's not a failure. It's just a way to rewrite it, to revisit, or go, you know what, forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is a curious process. I, I, I say for me, uh, I find that as soon as I find the characters, mm-hmm. um, and once I get the character voices in my head, mm. they start to write themselves. I like that. Um, and so it's a lot of what I call kind of exploratory writing, mm-hmm. where I just kind of work with the characters and write. And then as I'm writing, um, the story kind of reveals itself you know, what their story is and where they come from. Uh, I, it's hard to say the main character, mm-hmm. but I think that the main character, Sam, in this uh, particular play, um, it just started coming to me that she was some paparazzi star at some point, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that and that's where she, her backstory is, uh, that, you know, she's some big, you know, Broadway and film star, uh, that is now stuck doing a traveling Broadway show of Christmas Carol. Right. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and that kind of came late. You know, I, I can't remember exactly when that kind of revealed itself, and I started going in that direction. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a journey. Cool. Yeah, no doubt about that. Donald Tung is our guest. He is the writer and uh, producer, uh, director of uh, Scene Changes, which has one more weekend to go at the Hatbox Theater, which is located at the Steeplegate Mall uh, in Concord. And uh, I will say good seats are still available for the final weekend because I, I would say every seat in that theater is a good seat. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. What What about yeah. the hat box? Have you uh, done anything there uh, prior to this this show? Yeah, actually, I was kind of uh, adding up in my head. I think this is my eleventh uh, production there at the hat box. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Um, I was uh, they uh, opened in uh, 2016, and uh, I was one of the uh, the first producers there uh, in the early uh, spring of 2016. Uh, did uh, four short works of that I uh, actually my 
four short published works uh, with Hoyer Publishing uh, that I kind of did as a um, uh, production there. Uh, and then did a show that fall and the following spring. So, yeah, I've been, been involved there for quite a, quite a while. Tell us about the, the actors who uh, portray the characters. Uh, Alex Picard, who uh, plays the role of Samantha Wheelwright, and uh, Ian Allen, who uh, plays Matthew Simmons. Tell us about them and, and their backgrounds. Yeah, Ian and uh, Alex. Um, Alex has actually uh, had a good bit of experience in the theater. Uh, she's uh, a uh, graduate. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly uh, the MFA in uh, theater, and um, taught at New England College for a number of years. Uh, just actually uh, retired there recently uh, to uh, focus on her um, narrating. She's doing a lot of. Uh, narrating audiobooks, uh-huh. uh, yeah. reading audiobooks now. Um, but, yeah, now Alex is is incredible. I, I saw her in an audition. Uh, and just to go back, yeah, this, this show was uh, initially uh, scheduled to be produced in 2020. Uh, and, of course, we all know what happened then. Yeah, afraid uh, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, I saw her at an audition and just thought, oh, my gosh, she's, She's perfect for the role, and uh, she was um, excited to do it. And Ian is a, actually a former student of hers, uh, who she has done a number of shows with, uh, Shakespearean roles, actually, playing opposite each other. Um, so they have this kind of connection and, uh, I'd say, stage chemistry together uh, that works really well. Yeah, they do. Um, and uh, so, uh, yeah, definitely fortunate to, uh, to uh, get the two of them on board. Well, we have to take a very quick break, uh, Donald, and uh, be right back. And we're going to play a couple of excerpts uh, from uh, this uh, this show. This is a terrific show at Hatbox, Scene Changes. Donald Tung uh, is our guest, the writer, producer, director of uh, a great show that has one more weekend to run at the Hatbox Theater uh, in Concord. Donald, stay with us. We'll be right back. Kale and Company Live. Kitty Ray here today. And we are presented by... Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you with us. Kitty Ray in the house. And uh, that's because we're talking to somebody in show business. I know. I love show business. It is. You and know it's, that. Uh, it's, live or... Yeah, I know you do. And I know you love the show on uh, Friday night when we saw it. Donald Tung is with us. We're talking about scene changes at the Hatbox Theater in Concord. Uh, Donald, thanks for being with us today. We appreciate it. And I have, have to ask you this one question. Now, th- this play uh, <laughs> takes place in a theater in Concord, New Hampshire. And uh, was, was, that, was that in the uh, original script or custom written because the play is being performed in Concord? Uh, it was in the original script. Uh, I, I kind of had fun uh, kind of making it a uh, sort of a, a local um, experience, I guess, is the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you did. I, you know, when, when people hear their, you know, the name of their hometown or a town they're familiar with, they, they always get a kick out of it, right? 
Right, right. And I think, you know, if, if it were to be produced someplace else, uh, that they would have the freedom to kind of change the, you know, the names of the, the town and stuff just to just yeah. to keep that flavor of it. You would give them that poetic license, huh? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I even, I love, though, the Concord or the Concord or the Concord and the New Hampshire, <laughs> the New Hampshire. Right, right. I love that. That was really awesome. Uh, we're going to hear that in just a moment. Now, oh, if, you, if you would, uh, Donald, set up the scene for us where uh, Samantha and Matthew meet uh, for the first time, and, uh, and then we'll have a, a chance uh, to hear it. Sure. Uh, so the play starts off with uh, Matthew Simmons uh, kind of wandering around backstage as they're loading the uh, uh, production into the theater, uh, and he's looking for Samantha Wheelwright. Um, and so he's kind of asking people as he's going by, and then finally Sam comes in and uh, discovers this young man wandering around backstage uh, and is a bit uh, worried that uh, maybe something isn't quite right there. All right, let, let's hear uh, the, the time that they, they meet for the, first, uh, the very first time. Sorry, dear. The cell service is a bit spotty, and the only place I'm able to maintain a connection is backstage. Yes, they're loading in. You'll need to speak up. What? Oh, my God. Well, to start, I don't think anyone here knows the first thing about real theater. Not that it really matters, hurt. since we're performing in places that are clearly the last stop before the end of the world. the wheelwright. How should I know? Just some place the bus stopped and dumped us all into some dreary old dank theater. We could be in the wilds of New Hampshire, for all I know. That's Samantha Wheelwright. Why does it matter? All right. Excuse me, young man. Who? Me? Uh, no. I'm talking to the imaginary ten-foot rabbit standing next to you. Of course I'm talking to you, you dolt. You see what I have to put up with? No, of course not. You're there, and I'm here. I hate you. Could you kindly tell me the name of this godforsaken place? You mean the name of the town? Uh, yes, exactly. If I were to post a letter to this dumpy little hamlet, what might I write on the envelope? Concord. Concord. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. <laughs> Clearly these people have a keen sense of irony. There is nothing even remotely new about this place. And that is when uh, they, they first meet. And uh, right. a very inauspicious <laughs> meeting, I would have to say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and very funny too. I know the audience got a kick out of it, and uh, no doubt about it. And then uh, Samantha decides that she should uh, call for security. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I just you know add that uh, she kind of uh, you know the the idea of having uh, Samantha be a, a ex Brit uh, was also something that just kind of. It just kind of grew. I just started writing, and it just her voice just sounded like a, an ex a British actress. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, let, let's hear that clip when she calls for security to get Matthew out of there. Right. Uh, I'm Matt, actually. Oh, yeah. never mind. Who you are is frankly immaterial. The real question is, why on earth are you here, wandering around backstage? Uh, I was actually looking for you to looking for me. Yeah, I, I was needing to... So you're some crazy celebrity stalker, is that it? Well, no! How the hell did you manage to get in here? 
Well, I came in uh, over there somewhere. Um, oh, great. Some fool must have left the stage door open. Has anyone seen security? We seem to have a situation here. No, no, I, I'm actually... Uh, and what on earth are you doing in Fred's costume? Th- this is mine. I mean, n- not actually mine, Bloody but my... Now we have people wandering off the streets playing dress-up. No, really, I'm supposed to be here. (laughs) I seriously doubt that. Where the hell is security? No, no, really, it's okay. Go! Please, stay where you are. Don't move. Why? What's wrong? You're not dangerous, are you? No. Of course you'd say that. Wouldn't expect you to admit you recently escaped from the asylum. You'd think I'm some nutcase? Keep your distance. I'm not some whack job. So you claim. I- I'm not. It's really okay. No. <laughs> this is not okay. I- I'm actually playing Bob Cratchit. Yes, of course you are. Silly me. Security? I am. And they call me crazy. I'm not crazy. Is that makeup you're wearing? Uh, yeah. Security? No, no, here. Really, uh, I'll, I'll show you. We're home. What the hell do you think you're doing? The first Cratchit scene. When, when Tim and I come home, I say, We're home. And then I give you the hat and scarf. Security? And then you ask, How was the... Was the service, dear? Right. Right. And, and I say, Beautiful as always. Where's Martha? Oh. My. God. It's a lot of fun, and uh, as it turns out, uh, ultimately, uh, there are some adult situations as well, Donald. Yeah. Pardon me? I say there. ultimately, there are some adult situations uh, that, that crop up in this show. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. Uh, they, um, there's kind of a... Um a coming together, I guess, as you said. I, I, I guess, I guess you, you would say that, and uh, all written and directed by our guest today, uh, Donald Tongue, and uh, it runs one more weekend at the Hatbox, and uh, uh, check that out for for tickets. Uh, uh, tell us about uh, New World Theater. Sure. Uh, so, New World Theater is my production company that I uh, started uh, roughly about the same time as. Uh, Adbox came around uh, 2016, uh-huh. and um, as a playwright, I, um, I enjoyed the process of developing works, and I just wanted to start working with some other playwrights to uh, develop works. Uh, so, um, as I mentioned before, I've done uh, 11 productions there at the Hatbox, uh, but they haven't been all my uh, my personal plays. There've been other playwrights that I've uh, pr- helped uh, help them develop their works and uh, produce them. Uh, so New World Theater is totally devoted to new works um, and uh, working with uh, playwrights uh, to, to get their works on stage. Now, you have been, uh, you've acted in any number of uh, productions. I, I heard 30-plus. Uh, mm-hmm. What are some of your favorite roles? Oh, gosh. Uh, let's see. Uh, probably... Uh, one of the princes in Into the Woods uh, was a lot of fun. Actually, I played opposite my wife. I was the Rapunzel prince, and she was Rapunzel. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I've done uh, Pirates of Penzance. was actually my first role that I did uh, back in uh, 96, I believe it was. Yeah, and um, just kind of a fun um, 
people who know Pirates of Penzance, the, the, the pirates are kind of a, a goofy bunch that uh, <laughs> you can have a lot of fun with. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, gosh, uh, it's, it's hard to pin down yeah. one. I know I've, I've done uh, Mammoth's Oleana, which is a also a two-person show, and um, played John, who is the uh, professor, uh, who basically talks nonstop throughout the play, so it's almost a one-person show. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, so that, that was probably, that was probably my most challenging. Yeah. So everything from Sondheim to Gilbert and Sullivan and everything in between, huh? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a very versatile uh, actor, uh, director, writer, uh, producer. What, what are you working on now, Donald? Well, actually, I'm in a process of uh, working with some people that I've worked with over the years, uh, specifically most of my uh, sort of main dramaturge, uh, Stuart Spencer, who is a... Uh, teacher of theater at uh, Sarah Lawrence University and has written the book uh, Playwright's Guidebook. Uh, and I'm working with him and a bunch of other people as a, what I'm calling a uh, think tank, a mm. uh, play development think tank, to kind of dissect and rethink the whole play development process um, and just really kind of get you know a, uh, a definitive roadmap of what is, how do you, how do you get from first draft to opening night um, and just kind of work through those stages uh, as how to best uh, first draft to opening night that is, that is terrific well Donald Tung I appreciate you spending some time with us uh, here today on Kale and Company and I want to remind the folks again final weekend of scene changes coming up at the hat box you must see it yeah, it's, it's very it. very funny and, uh, and poignant as, could- as well and I can just throw out there, yeah, just go to hatboxnh.com for your ticket. Perfect. There you go. Donald, thank, thank you, you so much. We appreciate it. Okay, thank you so much. All right. And uh, Kitty Ray, thank you. Hey, thanks for including me. This is awesome. Yeah, whenever there's something entertainment, I know, I we'll, be we'll, here. we'll get you in here. Ooh. We'll get you in here. Thanks so much. And uh, we will be back right after these words. Kale and Company. WKXLNHTalkRadio.com, powered by Northeast Delta Dental. Kale and Company Live. It is a Tuesday. Great to have you with us here at WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. 1450 on the AM dial, 1019 FM in Manchester and vicinity. And we'd like to remind you, that our WKXL signal at uh, 103.9 FM in Concord is temporarily off the air due to uh, some damage that was done. Uh, quite considerable damage, by the way, uh, during the recent windstorm uh, wind uh, in uh, late December. So uh, it's uh, taking a while to get it up and running again, but bear with us. We will have it uh, back on the air just as soon as we can at uh, 103.9 on the FM dial. Kale and Company is presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at anydelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. Always great to talk uh, local theater. Thanks to uh, Donald Tung for uh, chatting about uh, his production of Scene Changes at Hatbox Theater in Concord, located at the uh, 
I guess you could say the site of the Steeplegate Mall. I mean, it still stands, but uh, there's not too much activity. In fact, none inside the mall. Maybe maybe a little cornhole, but uh, that's that's about it. Uh, as uh, most of the stores have closed, except the ones on the exterior. And uh, Hatbox has a space on the exterior, so you enter from you know, the uh, outside portion of uh, Steeplegate Mall when you enter the theater. But uh, scene changes will run through this Sunday at the Hatbox Theater uh, in Concord. If you haven't seen a show at the Hatbox Theater, I would uh, suggest to uh, uh, check it out. It's a very intimate setting. You will never be closer to a show uh, in your life uh, than you will be. You don't, you'd have to be in the show to be any closer to a production at the Hatbox Theater. It's, it is that close. You can reach out and almost touch the actors as they are uh, performing. Uh, it, again, the uh, website is www.hatboxnh.com. Dot com And you'll get uh, all the information there. We're very blessed to have uh, so much great theater uh, in this area, whether it be in the Concord area, the Lakes region, uh, the Seacoast, uh, Manchester area. But we do have uh, a lot of it, and uh, it is a very good thing. And uh, we will be uh, talking with members of the Concord Community Players in the not-too-distant future about their upcoming performance of the 39 Steps. Remember that uh, Alfred Hitchcock classic, The 39 Steps? Well, I think the community players of Concord have a little bit of a different twist on that. So uh, we will find out about what that twist may be in the not-too-distant future. Lots of things happening in sports on uh, Martin Luther King Day, which was yesterday, and I hope you had the opportunity to uh, hear our tribute to uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, yesterday here on Kale & Company, but it's also a very big day in the world of sports. And uh, in what could have been Tom Brady's last game, I mean, last game ever, folks, the uh, Dallas Cowboys pounded Tom Brady's uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa 31-14. More Brady drama is going to ensue in the offseason. He'll be 46 on August 3rd. Uh, uh, by the way, by the way, uh, 80 for Brady, a feature film. In theaters, will be opening February the 2nd, 80 for Brady, about uh, a few uh, 80-year-old women who were crazy about Tom Brady and, you know, got together in their respective uh, living rooms uh, and uh, they would uh, watch Tom Brady as a member of the Patriots and then subsequently a member of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the movie, which stars, let's see if I can remember, uh, Jane Fonda, uh, Lily Tomlin, Sally Field, and Rita Moreno. Those four women are going to portray the 80-year-old ladies that were huge fans of Tom Brady. And as the movie goes, ultimately went to a Super Bowl to see Brady play. So that uh, movie will be opening. But the Tom Brady drama will ensue. 
and uh, keeping to his his word uh, that he wouldn't be taking time uh, to smell the roses in what might have been his final game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and possibly in the NFL. Uh, quarterback Tom Brady was among the first to reach the tunnel at uh, Raymond James Stadium last night after the Bucs uh, lost to Dallas in the wild card round uh, of the playoffs. It was just the third time in his 23 career that he at 23 year career uh, that he lost in the opening round of the postseason. Uh, with his gaze downward, he wiped the sweat from his forehead and threw his tousled hair. He then shared an embrace with Buck safety Logan Ryan, who spent four seasons with Brady on the Patriots as the two made their way to the locker room. Uh, no word, and uh, there probably won't be for a while, as to where Brady will play next season, if, in fact, he does play uh, next season. Many rumors out there, some say New Orleans, some say Miami, some even say a return to New England. I don't see that happening. Not that I would be opposed to it. I just don't see it happening. I, I really uh, do not. Uh, here's the lineup for uh, next weekend's uh, NFL games. Now that the uh, wild card weekend has come to an end, Saturday at 4.30, it'll be uh, Jacksonville at Kansas City. Saturday at 8.15, the New York Giants who upset the Minnesota Vikings on uh, Saturday. Giants will be taking on, oh, that was Sunday, rather, that was Sunday. Giants beat the Vikings on uh, Sunday. Giants will be at Philadelphia next, Saturday at 8.15. Uh, Sunday at 3, it'll be Cincinnati at Buffalo. And Sunday at 6.30, Dallas at San Francisco. Go 49ers. I want to see the Cowboys out of the playoffs ASAP. I was hoping Tampa Bay would do it last night, but unfortunately, uh, they did not. Celtics, they beat the Charlotte Hornets last, uh, or yesterday afternoon, actually, one o'clock game. They beat Charlotte 130 to 118. Jason Tatum, 51 points in the Celtics' seventh consecutive win. And it also happened to be the seventh. 50-point game in the relatively young career of Jason Tatum. And that's one more 50-point game than Larry Bird had in his career. The 33-12 and 12 Celtics will be hosting the 22-22 and 22 Golden State Warriors Thursday night at the TD Garden in a rematch of last year's NBA championship series, which you probably know uh, was won by the Golden State Warriors. So the Celtics seeking a measure of revenge on their home court Thursday night. The uh, Boston Bruins yesterday afternoon, what a performance blanking the uh, Philadelphia Flyers at TD Garden, six to nothing. David Pasternak and uh, Pavel Zaka had two goals apiece. Brad Marchand and Matt Grizzlick. Had the others for Boston. David Krejci had three assists in the game, and Jer uh, Jeremy Swayman, the former University of Maine goaltender, had 29 saves to post the shutout victory. And a great win for the Bruins uh, yesterday at home. Bruins now a league-best 
34, 5, and 4. A remarkable record. Bruins have never uh, gotten off to uh, a start like this in a season. I mean, we're halfway through the season now. Can't really call it a start. They have sustained uh, a great record all season long. And uh, very few NHL teams have ever gotten off to a 35, uh, 34-5-4 and four start. But the Bruins have, and they are on the road tomorrow night for a game with the 23-18-4 New York Islanders. And uh, there was some local hockey yesterday as well. Jack Shoemaker had the hat trick to lead the undefeated Concord High Crimson Tide to an 8-2 victory over Trinity at Manchester's JFK Coliseum. Trevor Craig, Alex Pelletier, Carter Doherty, and Jordan Dustin also scored for the Tide. Tide now 9-0-0 in Division I play. They are the only undefeated team in Division I and overall 12-1-0 on the year. Tide will uh, now be off. Uh, They won't play again until next Wednesday night when they take on Hanover at 5.30, a game that uh, will be played at the Everett Arena in Concord. And if you missed it uh, over the weekend in a battle of uh, undefeateds, it was Concord over Bishop Girton of Nashua, 8-2. So the Tide have won back-to-back 8-2 games over Two pretty good opponents, Bishop Girton, who was previously undefeated, and Trinity yesterday playing on their home ice in Manchester. So the Tide are really on a roll and uh, and will now be off for over a week. But you know that head coach Dunk Walsh will keep them very, very sharp uh, during that uh, nine to ten day period where they uh, you know will not be seeing any game activity. He'll keep them. He'll keep them moving, and he'll keep them grooving until next Wednesday when they host Hanover at the Everett Arena. Kale and Company live right here on WKXL, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Tom Raffio, Kitty Ray will be with us uh, Friday this week for another edition of the Friday Fun Bunch. But coming up next, talk a little hockey East. See how the UNH Wildcats fared over the weekend. Right after these words, John Leahy will join us. Kale and Company live right here at WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, powered by Northeast Delta Dental. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Well, usually we do this on a uh, Monday, but uh, we had a special tribute yesterday to uh, Martin Luther King Jr. But today we welcome back to the show the longtime voice of the Merrimack College Hockey Warriors, John Leahy. John, great to have you with us. Jen, thanks so much. It's always a pleasure uh, being with you, and I appreciate the uh, chance to come on. Well, we appreciate all you do, and uh, I, I look at the Hockey East men's standings this morning, Tuesday morning, and uh, Merrimack sits in sole possession of first place in Hockey East. How about that? Yeah, it's uh, something that Merrimack has worked hard for all year, and uh, you know it's nice to be in that top spot. Uh, that became possible with a with a victory over Providence on Saturday night. Merrimack uh, snapped a, a four game 
uh, winless streak, and uh, it really came at an, op- at an opportune time. And uh, the Warriors have a two-point lead right now over Northeastern, and that's significant because uh, Northeastern and Merrimack will play each other this weekend at a home-and-home. So wow. as as big as that series with Providence was last weekend, uh, you could argue the Northeastern uh, series is just as big, if not bigger. Oh, yeah, and uh, I, I know, John Leahy, that you love doing games at uh, Matthews Arena, the home of the Northeastern Huskies. I do. Uh, unfortunately, we don't travel anymore on the road, but that is uh, always a great, great stop. It's an iconic venue, and you know the building is is filled up uh, with Northeastern fans. They call it the doghouse there, and uh, it's a special place. And uh, you know, it's very difficult to win there. And, and I know Merrimack's certainly going to have their hands full, not only Saturday night at Matthews Arena, but. Uh, in the home uh, opener at uh, Lawler on Friday. Oh, no no doubt about it. I have a feeling, though, that you might find yourself at Matthews Arena on Saturday night anyway. Well, I can't, Ken, because I have a women's uh, game on Saturday uh, at Merrimack. Oh, so, uh, man. John. I will... I will be I will be following the action online. Actually, our game will get over uh, right before the men's game starts, but I won't have time to get down to Boston, so I will uh, I will check it out online. Oh well, I know you will. I know you'll be following it uh, very closely, without question, because what a weekend uh, that should be, and uh, good to see that the Warriors got on track with that victory over Providence. And, uh, again, a big uh, series coming up home and home against Northeastern this weekend. And the UNH Wildcats, they're starting to, uh, to click a little bit. They, uh, they beat a, a, you know, a pretty good uh, UMass team over the weekend. Yeah, they had to go to the Mullen Center in Amherst to do it, but a solid win for Mike Sousa's club. The Wildcats have won three in a row now, and uh, that's the longest uh, winning streak in Hockey East. UNH was able to uh, move out of the basement of the league. They passed Vermont with that win over UMass Lowell. Uh, so, you know, the, the Wildcats, uh, I think for them, getting a home ice spot in the first round of the Hockey's playoffs would be uh, fantastic. Uh, I think uh, when the Whittemore Center is full, uh, it's, uh, it's a special place. Uh, the Wildcats right now are only five points out of that home ice spot. They have to jump over UMass to do it, but that win on Sunday will certainly help them. And uh, the Wildcats are playing their their best hockey of the season right now. They have a home and home with UMass Lowell coming up, and uh, UNH has a chance to to really gain some traction. So uh, uh, it's good to see UNH playing well, and then I wish them continued success. Oh yeah, and uh, you know they were in the doldrums for a while, as we well know, but uh, starting to snap out of it at the right time of the year. So uh, good for Mike Souza's team, and let's hope that continues. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it will. I think that, uh, you know, during the Christmas break, strange things can happen. You know, teams can go from playing very well to not so well and vice versa. Uh, I I think UNH had that win at the end of the first semester, and uh, the Wildcats came out strong in the second half, and, you know, it it doesn't take much to get things rolling, and uh, UNH uh, certainly seems to be uh, a team that... uh, playing very well, and, and uh, I have no doubt that uh, they'll continue that good play. And the UConn Huskies were flying pretty high uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, but now they, they've hit a little tailspin. Yeah, but, uh, you know, UConn will be in the conversation at the very end. I certainly think uh, they're a strong contender for home ice. The, the Huskies are still only three points out uh, behind uh, Merrimack and uh, Northeastern. Uh, UConn has uh, home-and-home home with UMass this weekend, always difficult. 
Uh, Huskies have dropped their last two, but uh, trust me, Ken, UConn will be in the conversation. Well, I hope they are. I, I kind of pull for them as well, uh, having a daughter that went there. So, uh, you know, I, I, have, I have three teams that I root for in Hockey East, Merrimack, uh, UNH, and UConn. So I, I'm, I'm torn quite a bit of the time here, John. But, uh, but nonetheless, it's good to have three teams to root for. And uh, what else happened over the weekend in men's Hockey East play? Well, uh, I think the team of the weekend are the BU Terriers. They had a, a huge win over Cornell at home on uh, Saturday. It was the first time Cornell had ever been uh, to a Gannis Arena, and the Terriers won the game with uh, eight seconds to go uh, in regulation, so that was a big win. Uh, watch out for BU. I think they are uh, an elite team, and I think they're going to just get stronger as the year goes on. Another team I think that uh, bears watching are the Boston College Eagles. Uh, this is a team that generally figures it out uh, right around this time of year, right when bean pot season is uh, upon us. Uh, Boston College has won uh, a couple of games uh, in a row. They uh, played at Sacred Heart this weekend, and Sacred Heart opened up their brand-new sparkling arena. BC uh, picked up a victory in overtime, so uh, uh, that was a big win for Boston College. UMass Lowell went up to Orono, Maine, and uh, they split a couple of games up there with the Maine Black Bears. Uh, Maine is another team that I think is going to make some noise before the season is over. But, uh, you know, when the dust settled from last weekend, Ken, you have a situation where four points separate the top five teams in Hockey East. And uh, UMass Lowell comes in at number six. They are uh, they have 20 points there. They're 10 back. So uh, <laughs> these games are going to be fun to watch as we uh, come down the home stretch. No doubt about it. Always is uh, in, in Hockey East. Uh, and uh, and then a great uh, postseason as well to look forward to. How about the, the women's side of the ledger, John? Well, uh, on the women's side, you know, ho-hum, Northeastern continues to roll. The Huskies won uh, both of their games last weekend. They, uh, they have a couple of uh, road games coming up. They're at Merrimack uh, on Saturday, and then they go to Vermont on uh, – I check that. They're at Merrimack on Friday, and they go to Vermont on Saturday. Huskies have won nine in a row, and uh, uh, Northeastern – more or less running away with the women's division, uh, but a good battle for uh, the two through four spots. Vermont Providence and uh, Boston College are all tightly bound. UConn uh, also is right there as well. Uh, tough weekend for uh, BU as they lost two games, as did UNH and Merrimack. Uh, UConn also won both of the games they played, so the Huskies starting to get hot as uh, they've won four in a row, so uh, that battle for two through six is going to be very interesting as well, and uh, UNH right now comes in at 6-11. and 11. The Wildcats have 19 points. And they're going to welcome the main Black Bears to uh, the Whittemore Center uh, this weekend. So uh, all the teams have double-digit points now, and uh, the uh, playoff push intensifies on the women's side. Yep, no no doubt about it. They'll be heading down the home stretch soon, but uh, some great action uh, yet to come. And I know you'll be describing uh, all of the home Merrimack uh, women's hockey games, including uh, this weekend. So I know you're looking uh, forward to that. Uh, elsewhere, John, any, any takes on uh, uh, what happened in the NFL over the weekend? Uh, you know, I don't think I was really surprised uh, about what happened. I was obviously impressed with Jacksonville's come from behind yeah, win. That was something. And uh, I know Al Michaels was taking some criticism uh, from uh, the the fans out there about uh, the way he called that comeback. A lot of people said it was somewhat lifeless. And, yeah. uh, I, I heard Al 
fired back at some of his critics, uh, saying he doesn't like to be an over-the-top screaming kind of guy. So I thought that was interesting. But, uh, you know, in terms of the game Sunday, how about the Giants going into Minnesota and picking up a win? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Brian Dayball, the uh, first-year head coach of the, of the Giants, has really done a terrific job. Former Patriots assistant Brian Dayball and, uh, has taken that Giants team and uh, certainly gotten the most out of them. And, and uh, boy, I'll tell you, they uh, they surprised a lot of people by beating the Vikings at home. But next up, uh, Saturday night will be Philadelphia. That's going to be a tough test uh, in Philly for the Giants. Yeah, it's going to be a tough test. But you know what? I think the New York Giants can win that football you know, game. I, you know what, John? I, I had that same feeling. I, I yeah. really and truly did. I, yeah. I think they can. I think they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. They go into Minnesota, never easy to win there, not easy to win in Philadelphia. But, you know, with Saquon Barkley healthy and healthy and uh, Daniel Jones playing well uh, at quarterback and the defense playing well, uh, I think the Giants are capable of beating the Eagles. I really do. And I, yeah. might, I might pick them when uh, Kitty Ray and Tom Raffio and I make our picks on a Friday here on the show. I may pick the Giants to upset the Eagles. Yeah, no, I I completely uh, completely understand. And then here's a question for you, Ken: Is Tom Brady done? And if not, where will he wind up next year? I don't think he's done. I don't think he would want to go out like he went out last night against uh, Dallas. They took quite a whooping. Uh, Brady didn't play especially well. I think he'll be back. I, you know, people want to see him back with the Patriots. I don't think that's going to happen. I I think the top destination. For Brady, next year is probably Miami. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. What about you? Any thoughts? Uh, you know, there's um, certainly many possible uh, landing stops. Uh, Tennessee is a, is a place yeah. I've heard, but uh, I'm sure he'll sit down and he'll evaluate things. And if he feels like he's uh, good for another year, uh, I think he may give it another shot. And I, I think he most certainly will uh, give it another shot because he doesn't want to go out and have people remember him like he played uh, last night against the Dallas Cowboys or his team played uh, last night as well. Right. I think he's right. done with Tampa Bay. He'll move on to other, other venue, another venue next year. John, thanks so much. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk with you next week. Ken, uh, thanks so much. I always enjoy talking with you. All right. And that will do it for this edition of uh, Kale and Company Live on WKXL. Thanks so much for being with us. And we will see you tomorrow, uh, just after 8 o'clock here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com.